Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Would you stand with us this morning as we prepare to lift our hands and our hearts together in worship of the Lord? God's promises are yes and amen. We promise to do great things in our lives. Holy Spirit, we welcome you today. Thank you. 
faith today, knowing that God will do what He promised to do, would you lift your voice in praise and give Him glory? Come on, let's praise Him today. Father, we thank You for breakthrough. We thank You for Your Holy Spirit moving among us. And Holy Spirit, we invite You to be here today. Holy Spirit, we invite You to take over and do what it is that You want to do in us. Last week we learned a new song. might not have been new to some of you, but comes from Psalm 81. Psalm 81 is one of those, as we talked about last week, where God says, if you will, then I will. And that doesn't mean that God's love and His protection are conditional. It just means that sometimes we do things to take ourselves out of the will and out of the scope of God's protection. And we make that choice. Psalm 81 comes down to verse 13 through 16. Verse 13 begins by saying, if Israel... And we can translate that today to, if my people would only listen to my voice and hear my words, how quickly would I subdue their enemies? Anybody fight against the enemy this week? Yeah, most all of us did. How quickly I would subdue their enemies. It goes on to say that we would be fed with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock. He would satisfy us. He gives us everything that we need. We're in a season of Thanksgiving, this week of Thanksgiving. We're going to be gathered around tables in a few days with family members and friends, celebrating thankfulness to God. And He gives us everything that we need. Amen. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, men on the ground. For a miracle, thirsty for the living well, only you can satisfy. Sweetness, at the mercy seat, now I've tasted, it's not hard to see, only you can satisfy. It's honey in the rock. Thank you. 
put our trust in you the only one who can save us heal us, deliver us set us free provide for us everything that we need everything that we desire God we thank you today that as we stand in your house and worship you or as we're worshiping you, worshiping online and Lord whatever our hearts are asking for from you today Lord not only are you able but you are more than able Not only are you willing, but you are more than willing. If we would walk in your ways and follow after your words, how quickly you would subdue our enemies. God, we thank you for the battles that you fight on our behalf. We thank you, Lord, today that there is no difference in you. From everlasting to everlasting, you never change. So, folks, the same God that perform miracles all the way back to creation the same God that raised people from the dead the same God that opened blinded eyes the same God that brought salvation is the God that we serve today and there is no difference in him and he is here to be with us today let's just welcome him And ask Him, invite Him into our space to do whatever it is He's come to do. We call on You today, please. I'm calling on the God of Jacob. 
folks. The God of miracles. Hallelujah. You free the captive. You're freeing hearts right now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You touch the lepers then. I feel your touch right now. You are the same God. You are the same God. Never changing. Oh, forever. We feel you now. You're the same God. You're the same God. How we need you now, yeah. give the Lord praise. That's right. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit to fill us today. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he promised that the Holy Spirit would come. And after they had been in that upper room praying, he sent the Holy Spirit so that we could be his witnesses. And he's the same God. I read about in in publications and on the internet and magazines about the persecuted church in different parts of the world. Different parts of the world where it is basically illegal to be a Christian. And that is where the church and the working of the Holy Spirit and the miracles of God are flourishing the most. We know why? Because they're desperate for it. This is not a chide on any of us because I find myself in the same situation sometimes. We're so used to being free to worship God however we want to worship, to come to this place if we want to, to not come if we don't want to, to tune in online if we want to, not to tune in if we don't want to, that we just are not desperate for it. And when I say we, I mean me. Because I'm not necessarily desperate for because there's nobody holding a gun to my head saying you can't be a Christian in this country. But the same God who performed miracles throughout history Exist and lives in our hearts today. He is with us in this room in the form of His Holy Spirit. And He wants to move in this place. He wants to move right where you are, watch, watching us online. And He wants to move in your heart and He wants to bring about in your life those things that He wants for you. Maybe you're struggling with some kind of a physical healing today, some kind of emotional healing today, some kind of financial breakthrough, financial miracle that you're asking God for. He's the same God. You were providing then. You are providing now. You heard your children then. You hear your children now. You were a healer. You were a savior. 
You moved in power. Holy Spirit, move in power in us today. As we worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you for being with us today. And we ask that you would continue to move in the moments that we have remaining in this service. Both here in the building and and online. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would just move in a powerful way. We pray for April and her team today as they minister to our children. God, that you would anoint those teachers, that you would open the ears and hearts of their students, that you would turn their hearts toward you at an early age, that they might hear you call their name, they might serve you all the days of their lives. Father, in a few minutes when Pastor Roger comes to bring the message, God, we pray that your anointing would rest on him as well. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for the privilege of working, work, worshiping you today. God, we ask you to work in us, to do your will. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. If you have kids that are going to kids' church, they can go with Miss April and her team. You may be seated. God bless you. Good morning, everyone. Nice to see everyone, even though it's super cold, as everyone knows already. I hate the cold, but I'm here. (laughs) Thank you for joining us, whether you're in person or online. Again, welcome. If you are new here today, welcome. Before you leave, once you leave the sanctuary and go to the left, you will see the Connect Central. I almost called it the Welcome Center. used to be called the Welcome Center. Now it's called Connect Central, where, again, you can see what's happening around the church and, of course, see what groups and everything else we have here at Cornerstone. And for those of you online, again, welcome. If you are new here, you can click the New Here button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. And now for Connect Cards. So whether you're at your table or at a seat, you will see the Connect Card, which we would love for you to fill out so we know that you are here today. And, of course, you can also write your prayer request because we're always praying for you here. And, again, same goes for all of you online. You can click the Connect Card button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. So now let's take a few minutes, I can't say the word minutes, let's take a few minutes to check out what is happening at Christ the Cornerstone. Hey everyone, my name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and get you caught up. Our next women's ministry event is coming up soon. Love's True Light, Keeping Christmas in Our Hearts is planned for Sunday, December 11th at 1 p.m. at the Bear Campus. Come and experience an afternoon of fun and fellowship. Lunch will be provided. Please bring a wrapped white elephant gift to exchange. To learn more, contact Sue Egnor at s.egnor at verizon.net. Going through the holidays after a loved one's death can be very difficult. We don't have to try to survive alone. Our Grief Share group is now meeting weekly every Saturday from 3 to 5 p.m. at the Bear Campus through December 31st. This group is designed to help you navigate the difficult emotions that can often blindside us. There will be a video session each week, followed by watching a favorite Christmas movie and sharing food and fellowship. For more information, contact Linda Haran at lharan at ctcde.church. 
Christ the Cornerstone is governed by a board of elders representing both of our campuses. We elect seven elders who set the guidelines for how we fulfill our mission. That mission is to make disciples so that everyone can experience God's life-changing love through Jesus. Our current elders are Gwen Harris-Montague, Kathy Hudson, Margaret Alt, Francine Beatty-Stone, Nick DeBueno, and Darren Waters. We are now receiving nominations for an additional elder. Please use the nomination forms that are provided at both campuses to recommend another layperson who might be qualified to be an elder. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. Good morning, everyone. Great to see all of you here this morning. Good crowd this morning. Welcome online. Glad that you're all here with us today. Uh, During this time in our services, we talk about some of the, I call this our stewardship moment, the time when we think about the ways that we love, serve, and engage, uh, fulfilling the mission that Jesus has given to us. This morning is a busy day here at Christ the Cornerstone because uh, we're collecting our, our baskets. I want to thank all of you who have uh, made the commitment to share a basket with another family, and uh, we're, we're grateful for all those things. We're also collecting the shoe boxes, uh, the, the Operation Christmas Child shoe boxes, and you can see all the ones. We're a collection center. All the boxes that are in the, in the mall area uh, weren't boxed by you, but other churches have, have brought uh, uh, boxes that they've, but we're just sending them on. And uh, so we pray God's blessing on all of these things that we have, uh, we have shared with others so that others may experience God's life-changing love. So thank you for your work and your generosity in that. I mentioned last night while we were singing during the, during the services and again this morning as we were singing these songs, I remembered a book that was recommended to me several years ago. It was, a, it was for a preaching class that I'd taken. The, book, the title of the book was Swift, Lord, comma, You Are Not. <laughs> Have you ever felt like God's answers to your prayers did not come quickly? Yes. Most all the time, and so this is a this is a book of poems for 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 us as we are awaiting God to work. And I love the title, "Swift Lord, You Are Not." And isn't it wonderful that we can be honest with God? God wants us to be honest with Him. Say, God, I don't like what you're doing in my life right now. You're a little slow. I'd like you to go a little quicker, would you please? But Swift Lord, You Are Not. But God does care. God does answer our prayers. And uh, we, we're just coming out of our fasting time. Even though I said, Swift Lord, you are not, I have some fast answers. <laughs> that would be the fasting answers. But there's one, one that I want to uh, share with you in particular. In, in addition to, you know, the greater things that we've been talking about during our fast, I'm so grateful for uh, God providing these things. And, and the shoe boxes and the, the turkey baskets are part of that. 
But we have some significant things here at Christ the Cornerstone, some, some challenges to us. One of them being the, our ministry at our Ellesmere campus. And uh, I hope that when I talk about that, especially here at the Bear campus, that, that you understand that that is part of our ministry here at Bear, just an extension of us uh, a little bit farther north of us. But there, God needs to do a powerful work through our ministry there. It's, it's not quite where we believe God wants it to be. And so I have been praying since that congregation merged with us, God, send us the leadership that we need to do the ministry that you want us to do. That was one of the big prayer requests that I had for us as we entered into this fasting time several months ago. Well, during that time, a month ago, you may remember we had a guest speaker, uh, Stephen Scholes. He and his wife, Deborah, came from England to preach for us. I met Stephen Oh, probably 20, 25 years ago. We're not real close friends, but we were just familiar with each other's ministries during that time. And I had planned to invite Stephen to come and preach to preach, uh, minister with us, preach to us um, before COVID. But then, of course, COVID hit and it changed everything. And so we just put that off. And finally, we were able to get Stephen and Debbie to come and share that time with us. Uh, that first Sunday after Stephen was here, we... Uh, we were at lunch together at Cracker Barrel. It was me and my wife, Carolyn, and Pastor Vaughn, and Stephen and Debbie, and my mother-in-law, Lawanda, and we were uh, sitting at the table enjoying lunch. We were getting ready to, I was getting ready to go with Stephen and Debbie and Pastor Vaughn. We were going to go visit some mutual friends in upstate New York where uh, I moved from down here. But we're sitting at the table, having enjoying our lunch. And having good conversation, when all of a sudden I found these words coming out from my mouth. Now, if you don't know me very well, one thing you probably ought to know is that I do have an impulsive side. And the, the, the leaders of the church, and if you know me, you, you see that happening. And sometimes I say things that are the wrong things. Sometimes I say it the wrong way, whatever. It might be the right thing, but the wrong way to say it, whatever. So I found these words coming out of my mouth, after which, even as they were flowing, do you ever have those moments when the words are coming out, you're saying, oh, no, what am I saying? And I found these words, and, and afterwards, uh, two days later, I confessed that I had said this, to, to Gwen Montague, one of our, our lay elders, you just saw her picture, and she just shook her head because she knows me that I say these things. So, so these are the words that I said. Hey, Stephen, we're not quite sure what to do with our ministry in, in Ellesmere. We need, some, we need some leadership there. How about you and Debbie move from England to here and you lead our, lead, plant a church at our Ellesmere campus? Boom. And I went like this. And I said, my next sentence was, Stephen, that's just an idea. I haven't talked with the elders about that. We haven't prayed about that. I don't even know if it's a good idea. But what do you say we pray about it? So for the next, well, while he was here during that time, it was an idea that was kind of intriguing to him. And, it, and, and we put some more uh, plans behind it. And we, we thought, well, okay, this is how we could make it work. And this is what could happen. And and we waited a little bit while, and, and then I shared those ideas with the Board of Elders last Saturday, and they got excited. They said, maybe this is what God is asking us to do. And so, so I said, well, do you want to pray about it till our next meeting? No, I think we're ready to decide. So the elders said, let's do it. And so last, last week, I kind of teased you with this kind of an announcement, because we announced it at the Ellesmere campus that 
Beginning next year, about March, we're planning on Stephen and Debbie coming back and spending at least three months with us leading ministries in Ellesmere. Uh, trying, the goal would be to increase the size of that congregation so that it would become self-sustaining. That's always been the goal that we need. We need There are people who need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ in the Ellesmere community, and we're also going to need your support. Amen. Amen. And so we're excited. Uh, to do this, and uh, Stephen and Debbie have a powerful evangelistic ministry, and, and he is absolutely an evangelist. And, and I, I'm asking you, if the Lord is asking you, this is the question I'm asking you to ask yourself and to pray about. Is God asking any of you to, to pray, to work, maybe even to, to shift your emphasis of where you worship to the Ellesmere community? I'm asking you to consider that. And we'll get a team of people who will go up there. Just like 20 years ago, Christ the Cornerstone sent a number of significant families from this church to plant a new church down in Middletown. You know it now as, corn, uh, what is it? Connection. That's what it is. Connection Church, uh, just down 896. And that church started because it was a choice. There was not a church split It wasn't a bad thing. It was a good thing of sending people to plant a new church. I do believe that God's plan for our world is is through the church. There's nobody else in this world who has the job of telling others the good news of Jesus Christ than the church. That is our task that he has for us to do, and we must be about doing it. So this is an exciting thing, and I ask for your prayers. You'll be hearing more about it as we get into the, the around the corner turn next year. And I think it's an, an exciting thing. Some of you live closer to the Ellesmere campus than you are here. And uh, so maybe that would be something that you might, you might consider and follow God's lead on that. We also, during this time, talking about stewardship, we're certainly talking about giving. And we want to create a culture of generosity. We see that. We have that with the shoeboxes, with the, the turkey baskets with your offerings that you give to here. So let's read one of these scripture verses that inspires us to continue to be generous and to trust God for everything. Would you read this with me, please? Jesus told him, oops, Jesus told him, oh, it's not there. That's why you're not reading. (laughs) We're going to, Jesus told him something. (laughs) Jesus told him, let's see if I can get it. Oh, there we go. There we are. Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And then come and follow me. I think that's the end of it. Okay, that's the end of it. Very good. Excellent. Let's let's uh, continue to uh, let's let's pray as we continue to worship God and by hearing the message that he has for us today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, indeed, we do thank you for your many blessings that you give to us. We thank you, God, that your timing is perfect. And even though we may say swift, Lord, you are not. That's according to our perspective and our timing. Lord, we we trust that when you lead us to do something that you desire us to do, you will plant that desire in our hearts so that our desires will match your desires and things will happen. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added to you. 
So God, we're here in these moments to seek first your kingdom. That's why we got up this morning. That's why we gathered together with other people. That's why we got out of our warm, comfortable beds, entered into the cold atmosphere, drove our cold cars in order that our hearts could be made warm in your presence. We thank you. Come Holy Spirit, continue to be with us as we listen to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're, as we have closed our, our, our uh, Greater Things message series today, we're kind of taking a break before we begin another series next week. Uh, as we turn into the Christmas season, it's coming very quickly. So today, you know, we're, this is our Thanksgiving effort. This is, you know, we got the turkeys, we got the shoeboxes, we got, uh, you know, going shopping this week if you haven't already done your shopping, etc. And so the series that we continue today is called It's a Cultural Thing. And it's just one of those, we're looking at how God has placed His grace, His love, His mercy in every culture. I want to read a verse out of Daniel, the, the book of Daniel. Let me get it back up on my phone here. Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. And this is just an expression just a, a, that, that God loves all cultures and God's plan is for all cultures to understand, to know, to experience God's love even within their culture, you do realize that Christianity is not an American religion. I don't want to offend anybody by saying that, but it's greater than America, right? Thank you, Jesus. But we're grateful for the freedoms that we have, certainly, as Pastor Bill mentioned in his time, uh, talking about the freedoms that we have that we take for granted many times. And in other, in other nations where people are not free to be Christian, they're experiencing God in ways that we don't, just because we're not as desperate to experience God. But it's God's plan that every culture come to Him. In the book of Daniel, we read these words. Daniel has this vision. And he says, As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man. Now, that's a phrase referring that Jesus certainly uses to refer to himself as the son of man. So Daniel saw this vision, someone like the son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. And he approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation, and language would obey Him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. This is God's vision, God's plan for us. Every culture. So today, I want us to focus on, as we're learning about different cultures, this is why we do this, the culture of, from India. Now, if you know anything about India, it's a big country. There are lots of people there, and there are many different cultures. Just like in America, we have different cultures, and we have to, we have to show respect, honor, and, and just because somebody's in a different culture doesn't mean that that's a wrong culture. It's just the culture that we live in. 
So we have some people here. Uh, actually, we have neighbors. Many of our neighbors originated, they came, they were born in the country of India. And now they're living here in America. And we need to, we want to engage them. We want to celebrate God's love. We want to share God's love with them and walk with them as they learn who is Jesus together with us. So here's some things about the culture of India. And, and by the way, as you came in this morning, and you walked past the Christmas shoe boxes, and then you, maybe you came in the other door and you brought your turkey basket with you, and then you walked into the, uh, the mall area, you saw a little table there that had an Indian flag on the front of it. Now, as you leave the service, we're going to have some samples of some Indian food. One of the, the McKilly family, Yash, is the son, and uh, Sudhir and Sudhir's wife, Kavita, have prepared some food for us to share. So before you leave today, stop by that table and get a little sample of, of the Indian food. I'm not going to try to say the name of it because I'll just embarrass myself. But uh, it's, it's a little bit spicy, but not too spicy. We've got the mild version. Uh, but we're, they're sharing some of their culture with us. And uh, I'm sure that they'll be, you know, we're all having different things at our Thanksgiving tables. This is something that they might have at theirs. But India, let's talk about India for a little bit. The, the land... The country of India has 3.2 million square kilometers of land. The United States, in comparison, has three times as much land. 9.8 million uh, square meters, not kilometers, square meters. So, the country of India is one-third the size of the United States. However... The population of India is 1.4 billion, and the population of the United States is 0.3 billion. So the population of India is four times that of the United States, and they're all living on one-third of the space. Okay, that ought to tell you something about the culture, right? There's people everywhere. I, I, I want to, okay, I need... Eleven people from this side to come stand right up here. Don't come on. Just eleven people. Come on up. Alan, thank you. David, come on up here. Will, come on up here. <laughs> come on. Just stand here. I'm not going to make you do anything except stand here. I need eleven people. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Come on, Ken. Eight. Come on, you two. You're sitting right here at the table. Get up here. You just got to stand up here. Now space yourselves out. Uh, a little bit so that we can see, we can see you. I know David's like, no, 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 come this way. Alan, you're a good man. Diane, come on over here. We got to, <laughs> come on over. Keep coming, keep coming. We got to get 11 people. Ken, you're doing great. You're standing right there. I don't want you to, I don't want you lined up. I want you in a bunch. Okay, so kind of smush together a little bit. And uh, now, I want you to look, look at, these big cancer. You're great, great. Let's get somebody else. Was that your offering that you didn't put no, in the no. thing yet? <laughs> Matt and, and Loretta, come on up over. Just stand up over here. Okay, so now we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Perfect. Thank you, Nathan, for coming on up. So this is a comparison. I'm going to stand. We're going to have to pan out the camera. I'm going to stand over here because this is, this is a, a, a comparison of the amount of people in India, to the number of people in America. So for every, if I've got this much space in America to live in, 
That's how many people in India would be living in my space. That means, that means it's much more dense in population. What might that, what might that suggest about how you live together? You, you might want to learn how to get along. <laughs> Thank you, guys. That's all I got for you. You can go back to your seats. Thanks for being so willing to hop up here on the stage. So if we divided the entire United States so that every person had, had, a, had a piece of land, in the United States, every person would get 24 square meters. And, and yet you might, it might be this half of the stage. Every person gets that much. But in India, every person would only get, what was the number? 2.4 square meters of space to live on. If you just spread everybody out across the country. It's an amazing thing. Well, there are people next door that, you know, one of the visions I have is to have a cricket pitch on our field over here. Now, a cricket pitch has nothing to do with bugs. It's the game, cricket. And the pitch is the area that's, that's called where they, where they toss the ball and they hit the ball back and forth. Now, I had a, uh, I had a video of it, uh, to show you, a two-minute video to teach you a little bit about cricket. But wouldn't it be fun to learn how to play cricket and sit out here with our neighbors and play? Uh, I don't know if that would be fun or not. It certainly would be a change <laughs> for, for me to, to do that. Well, since it's Thanksgiving, let's talk about how the people in India experience gratitude. Because gratitude is something that we all experience in our lives, and it's something that God commands us to experience. But in India, there is no clear word that says thank you. There's no way in the Indian language to to express gratitude through a singular word like we have thank you for doing it. They don't have a word that does that. But expressing gratitude in India is highly valued. You, you must learn how to express gratitude. But if there's no word for it, how do they express gratitude? Here are three, three ideas, three ways. One way, that they, the common way that they express gratitude is by returning the favor. If somebody does something for you, you don't just say thank you. You've got to return the favor. Somebody gives you a gift. You've got to return a gift to that person. And until you return a gift to that person or you do a favor for that person, they don't know that you're grateful. So here we are. We've got, I've asked the McKilly family to provide some sample food for us. So how are we going to return <laughs> that favor? Maybe we need to take them a basket, of, a turkey basket today and say, I don't know if you want this, but we're going to give it to you anyway. <laughs> But that's how in, in India, that's how they say thank you. They return the favor to someone else. Not a bad idea. Another way that you can do it is by praising the person who has done something for you or praising the person that has given you a gift. It's not, don't just say thank you, but say, you are awesome. Your skill is tremendous. Or whatever, whatever adjective you can find to, to describe how wonderful the person is. And that you appreciate them. And a third way is not just praising the person, but also praising the gift that they give to you. Thank you for that bucket. It will, I know, 
when I woke up this morning, I said, oh, you've got to get the bucket, the five-gallon bucket out that's going to brine your turkey in. So that's what's on my mind. So let's say they gave me a new bucket. Thank you for a new bucket. That will be perfect to brine my turkey in for Thursday. Beautiful bucket. I don't know. <laughs> say, Pastor Roger, go back to your desk and come up with a better illustration. G.K. Chesterton, the, the author, philosopher, writer, wrote these words. These are attributed to him. The worst moment for an atheist is when he is really thankful and has no one to thank. To be grateful and not to be able to express that is a problem. It, 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 it points out to me and reminds me that we were created to experience gratitude. And when we experience gratitude, it must get expressed somehow, some way. And, and, and for us who follow Jesus, we say, thank you, Jesus. There are times when I'm singing and, or when I'm praying and I don't know what words to say, but I just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, the atheist who believes there is no God doesn't have anyone to thank. Who, who are they? Thank, thank, thank myself? Oh, thank you for being a great person. Well, that just kind of leads to a little bit of narcissism, doesn't it? <laughs> Roger, you did a really good job. Yes, I know. Thank you, Roger, for creating yourself. No, who do you thank? There is a God. God expects gratitude. Gratitude is the primary motivation behind everything in our lives. Paul tells us in in the Scriptures that in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, he says, Be thankful in all circumstances because this is God's will for you who belong to Christ. God, what do you want me to do? God says, I want you to be thankful. I don't have anything to be thankful for. And yeah, you do. <laughs> you have breath. You have health. You have a family. You have a roof over your head. You have somebody who helps you out when you don't have what you need. Be thankful. God has created us in such a way that we experience several consequences for gratitude when we show gratitude. Even scientific studies recognize the changes in our bodies and in our lives when we express Gratitude. For example, gratitude improves our brain and physical health. Scientific studies show this. To be grateful changes your mind. Doctors say that gratitude is the healthiest human emotion. And it improves your brain and your physical health. The Bible says in Proverbs 17.22, A cheerful heart is good medicine. But a broken spirit saps a person's strength. These are true words. These are true to, to human experience. A cheerful heart is good medicine. A cheerful heart is healing to us. And uh, who, who was that doctor that Robin Williams uh, portrayed in a movie 20 years, 25 years ago? I can't remember who it was. So you'll think of it. Patch Adams. Thank you. Who, who, who 
messed up the medical profession by walking around the hospital with a clown nose on. Why? Because he believed and he knew that thankfulness and joy is good medicine for us. It brings healing to us. Uh, There are more things. Gratitude is the antidote to toxic emotions. Gratitude is the antidote to toxic emotions. Gratitude defeats emotions. If you get my email that I send out on Thursday night or Friday morning, uh, this was kind of the topic of my short little email that I get. But gratitude defeats emotions such as worry and depression and anger and fear. You can't be grateful and worried at the same time. I've tried. <laughs> and as soon as I shift in my head to thank God for something, the worry goes away. But something replaces it. Peace. Calmness. Energy. Laughter, one of the things that laughter does for us is it increases our, when we laugh, we have to lift up our, our rib cage, our belly goes out, we get more air in, we get more oxygen that changes our brain. We have new ideas because we're laughing and playing. Gratitude is the antidote to toxic emotions. The Bible says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Tell God what you need. God, I need you to do this now. (laughs) Then we say, swift Lord, you are not. But tell God what you need. And thank Him for all He has done. Get this word, then. When you do this, then you will experience God's peace. His peace exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and guard your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Powerful truths. I I, I say truth. Well, how do you know it's true with a capital T? (laughs) How does anyone know it's true? We experience it. We trust it. We live it. We share it. Peace. I love that verse. Peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. A lot in there to think about. Finally, gratitude is the evidence of spiritual maturity. We teach our children to be grateful, to say thank you, right? We try to. But we can't. We can't give them the emotion of gratitude. But we can make them say the words of gratitude. And while we do that, we pray that they, they make the connection between the words and the experience of gratitude. But gratitude is evidence of spiritual maturity. As we grow, we can also grow in gratitude. Colossians 2 verse 7 says, Let your roots grow down into Him. Who? Jesus. And let your lives be built on Him. Now, I know Paul 
mixes his metaphors in this one sentence. And one, he's talking about plants and roots growing down. And then in the next breath, he's talking about building a house and the foundation on which it is built. Use whatever analogy <laughs> communicates the best to you. But found your life on Jesus. Let your roots go deep. A few weeks ago, uh, uh, Linda Horan led us in a uh, a little experience over here for people who, uh, to remember people who have died, who had committed suicide because of the pain they experience in their lives. And we planted a tree out here in honor of, to remember uh, those people. And as we, we planted this, uh, it's a weeping cherry tree. And, and I had a, a friend in New York uh, who had a, he was a forester. And he said, when you plant a new tree, take a five-gallon bucket and drill a tiny little hole in the bottom of the bucket. And every day, set that bucket full of water right beside the trunk of that new tree, and it will, it will slowly drip down into the soil. You want it to go slow so that the water doesn't hit the surface of the ground and run away from the tree. You want it to go slow so that it sinks down deep into the soil. And that will train the roots of the tree to go deep to where the water is. Hmm. Let your roots go deep into Jesus. Sometimes that, that requires a slow trickle of God's grace in our lives. It also requires a constant trickle of God's grace in our lives. We will overflow with thankfulness. Let your roots grow down into Him and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. What do you need in your life right now? Are you grateful? <laughs> you might need to make a list if you're having trouble being grateful. I don't know what you're experiencing right now, and it doesn't really matter. What I'm asking you to do is whatever you're facing, easy or difficult, painful or peaceful, give thanks to the Lord. Because God does care for you, and God will provide to you. So if you can't say, God, <laughs> I don't have what I need right now, but if you can say, God, thank you, and I trust you to provide what I need. And I thank you for doing that. It'll change. I don't know how God will provide. I don't know what God's going to do. But I know that God will do these things. We will commit ourselves to follow Him, to trust, to build our lives on the foundation of Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to forgive all of us and reconcile us with God. And He gives us that peace and that new life in Him if we trust Him to do so. As we sing, uh, I invite you to come here and pray. Maybe your prayer this morning is just a prayer of, of gratitude and you come and you say, thank you, Jesus, for this. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have not done yet in my life, but I know you will do. And give Jesus the thanks. Let's stand together. As, as the team comes and leads us in song and we pray, we pray prayers of gratitude. Maybe you're making a list of gratitude. Maybe you're coming here to the platform. Maybe you need to go some, have someone pray for you.
And there are friends who will be glad to do that. Let's pray together. All my life I've been carried by grace. Don't ask me how, because I can't explain. It's nothing short of a miracle I'm here. I've got some blessings that I don't deserve. I've got some scars, but that's how you learn. It's nothing short of a
blessings. We thank you for the ways that you love us. Our hearts are filled with gratitude, not only on the fourth Thursday of November of every year, but God, help us to be grateful every day for the sacrifice that you made, for the love that you show us, for the mercy and the grace that you give us in our lives, and for the ability to love one another, to love you, and to walk in your ways. So God, we pray today that as we go from this place, that your Holy Spirit would go with us, encouraging us and strengthening us to do your will and being being grateful for all that you have done for us. Bless our families as we gather around tables in a few days to celebrate together. Lord, I pray that you would just bond families together. Maybe there are strained relationships that you can mend, restore. God, we thank you. We thank you for all this in the name of Jesus. We just want to thank you for worshiping with us today. Happy Thanksgiving. God bless you. Have a great week. There's still folks available to pray with you. The front is still open. Prayer stations are still open. Online, you can still meet.